Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Just off the top, wanted to put a trigger warning on this episode. There's going to be discussion of assault and abusive behavior. So uh, proceed with caution if that might be a trigger point for you. Thank you. Welcome to Too Many Jennifers, the podcast made by Jennifers for everyone. I'm Jenny Cavallaro. And I'm Jen Tisdale. Uh, and we have a bit of a mic situation going on right now. It's basically Jenny and I are sharing a mic. And when she needs to talk, she signals to me and I swing the mic over. Yeah, it's kind of a boom situation. I swung it a little fast at you and that's why you laughed so much. Um we have a mic situation, as Jen said. Um, not a mic situation. Who set up this microphone for us, Mike, my partner? <laughs> but um, we had a microphone cable go d- bad for us. Uh, it's trying to silence women in this apartment. Um, so we will be doing a bit of a back and forth. But um, anyway, just to get that out of the way, if our normal uh, banter of interrupting each other <laughs> seems off... Um, but as we mentioned at the top, um, and I just want to reiterate again to proceed with caution, keep yourself safe, take care of yourself. Uh, we're going to talk about something today that is a bit more serious than our normal, um, laughing at our own jokes banter, um, which we love so much, but, um, Jen came to me and asked if, um, something that I was already aware of that happened to her, um, regarding a podcaster whose podcast recently ended, um, if she could share it on this podcast in her own words. And um, so Jen's going to tell her story today to all of you. And we want to hold space for that and for anyone to share their experience uh, on their own terms, in their own words. Um, so I'm going to pass the mic to Jen, literally. I started to take it away from you, yes. <laughs> which I'm the one who's controlling it. So I do feel I'm a little power hungry right now, <laughs> you know. Um, some people might say that sharing it on our podcast is doing it for those downloads, uh, which is silly. Although this is probably the best time to let everyone know that the D and PTSD does stand for downloads. So, you know, they were right. No, as Jenny said, when I thought so, you, do, she needs the mic. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We'll get used to this rhythm. The D is for downloads. The P is for podcasts. So, um, yeah, yeah. We're just, just, just stick with us. Thank you. (laughs) We just love to chit chat with each other. We haven't seen each other in a while. We're doing this in person because we thought this would be a good discussion together. Um, and you know what? If you have opinions about how Jen tells her story or why she's telling her story, you know, maybe take a look inward. <laughs> take a look inward and uh, just let people speak. So I'm going to do that as well and pass this back to you again. 
Yeah, there will be um, there will be jokes throughout. Uh, that's just my nature. Um, you know, it just and I want to be clear, me joking about a painful experience. I'm also reading from something and looking at you. So I'll, even though I know this is my story, I feel like it's a, a script that I wrote about myself. Uh, so, yes, uh, me joking about a painful experience in no way suggests that it didn't affect me. And it certainly doesn't suggest that I don't take it seriously. Uh, people listening to this might misread my tone. Please do not do that. I'm allowed to react to this however I want to. Uh, also, this story, some of the story happened three years ago, and we've had a time and a pandemic between then and now. So I've been removed uh, from it. So, um, you know, telling it will, might seem, it might, it might just seem like I'm, it really feels like I'm telling a story about somebody else. It's not, it's me, lucky me. Without further ado, here we go. Um, so there's some necessary background information that some people know. And if there are new people listening, because again, we are doing this for the downloads, those PTS downloads, um, is that I, in my previous life, I was the creator of a true crime festival called Death Becomes Us. Um, and to this day, I consider it one of my greatest accomplishments. Uh, I love it with my entire being. And was responsible for bringing, bringing roughly 80% of it to fruition uh, at my old company. So I came up with the concept. I built the shows. I secured the, scons- the sponsorships. I created all the editorial content that helped promote the festival. And like a megalomaniac, I hosted every show on stage. So th- that's going to be important later on in the story. I'm not just promoting a festival that's no longer around. Um, So it began in D.C. in November of 2018, and in March of 2019, we brought it to New York City. Uh, And at that show, Billy Jensen, who was one half of a podcast called Murder Squad that was recently canceled by Exactly Right. Uh, This was before the podcast started. So I think literally right before they launched the podcast. I think they launched it in April of 2019. Forgive me if I do not remember exact those sorts of dates. Um, so Billy came to promote his book. He did a live show to promote his book, Chase Darkness, with me. Terrible name. I refer to it as Chase Darkness with me, to, and I maintain that <laughs> to this day. <laughs> Sorry. Not a great name. Um, so, you know, prior to the live event in New York, I had interviewed Billy for my company's website, and we, you know, exchanged witty texts and emails you know, I am someone who like loves to try to make people be my friend and like win them over and be my friend. I'm sure it has something to do with what you'll learn about me later. Um, or I'm just really friendly. So the first time we met in person, Billy and I, was the night before his show, I believe. And I want to say this was a Wednesday night. I believe his show was on a Thursday night. This is probably stuff I could have looked up. Uh, so again, if someone wants to call me a liar because I didn't get these dates right, have at it. Have at it. Um, and I met Billy and Paul Holes, who I already knew he was at our first festival at the hotel bar where all the talent was staying, where we were staying, all the talent was staying for a drink. And I think Paul had like one drink and then he left and Billy and I continue to hang out and have some more drinks. Now, I want to be clear. I was tipsy, not intoxicated. Not that that matters, but I was not blackout drunk. I remember Everything that happened from this moment forward. So, um, I, I, and again, I, I didn't know Billy well enough to gauge how intoxicated he was, but I would 
he would later tell me he was blackout drunk. It's fine. Um, so while we were sitting at the hotel bar together, he kept pushing my hair off my face. <laughs> so much so that at one point I said, there's no more hair. There's really, the hair's, all the hair's gone. It's gone. <laughs> all that's left is my face. And you're just pushing my face off of my face. <laughs> and I need that. Um, and I felt a little uncomfortable, mostly because this was the hotel where all the talent was staying and it just didn't look good publicly, you know, for me to be having these interactions. And Billy was married, although he later voluntarily told me that he's in an open marriage. I never believe that when men say that. Apparently this is actually true. But of course, when a man's like, don't worry about it, my marriage is wide open, like Creed, these arms are wide open. It's always very sus. Uh, But in this case, apparently it's true. So while we were talking, out of nowhere, he started to kiss me (laughs) and I panicked. And for whatever reason, I thought that if I blurted something out that might shock him into stopping, uh, that that would happen. And I did. I told him a personal piece of information about myself um, that I'm not going to tell folks here. Uh, Dox me (laughs) if you want. Just kidding. Don't dox me. Um, And it worked. He stopped. He stopped and then he went to his room. Now, here's where the tides will turn against me from some people, I am sure. Um, I I was still, the panic of him kissing me transferred over to the panic of him maybe sharing what I told him with other people. So I texted him and said, I'm going to, I'm cut, can I stop by your room to talk? Uh, And he said, sure. And I did. And I was like, please don't share this information with anybody. It's personal, it's private. And he started kissing me again. And I'll be honest, this time I didn't mind it as much because we were alone in his room. Um, and I'm a horny gal. You know this. Like how many episodes of this podcast have been about me boning dudes? I'm a horny gal. Want to be very clear, though, being a horny person doesn't mean that the next thing that happened is OK. So my shirt was off and um, out of nowhere, completely out of nowhere. I, when I tell you it could not have been more out of nowhere, he slapped me really hard in my face. <laughs> Um, and I was not okay with that. And I said, oh, this is not what I'm into, uh, at all, um, at all. And he picked up his phone, put on Oasis <laughs> and went to sleep. So I put on my clothes and left. And obviously at this point you're saying to yourself, which was more upsetting, Oasis <laughs> or being slapped in the face? It was neck and neck. Oasis is not a good band. Um, yes. And I... I don't, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you. I just, uh, I have a lot to say about, <laughs> about this. Um, cause to be very clear, you did not request anyone to slap you in the face. No. That is very much something that some people are into, but needs to be requested, negotiated, given consent for, And I've heard of other people that this has happened to. I know some friends who have had that happen to them in a sexual situation. And when you do not ask for that and someone, you do not give permission for someone to slap you anywhere on your body. uh, But I feel like especially on the face, that is assault. That is not anything sexual. That is assault of the person in front of you. And I want to make that clear to anyone listening. (laughs) If you weren't clear on that, (laughs) that is not okay. Um, And just ask. Just ask if people want to be slapped. And if they say no, 
great. Good information, you know? Um, yeah. And also ask if anyone wants to listen to Oasis, because honestly, <laughs> I think that we could all, let's, that, let's not take that off the table either. So um, I thought, you know, my, my reaction was, and, and I want to be very clear, and I'll probably restate this several times throughout this episode, is that you should not ever judge an action by a person's reaction. I think in, in this world, we tend to do that. We tend to minimize an action if somebody is, doesn't immediately fall apart. If I, don't, if, I'm, if I don't immediately collapse into a puddle and start crying, someone will decide that perhaps what happened wasn't really that bad. And that's not true. So please always separate the action from the reaction. And I'm going to give you some hot tips from Dr. Rachel Painter, my therapist, in a minute about that. So I, I left. I thought he acted like an asshole. But again, I did not react in a way that some people are probably assuming I should have. Um, honestly, and, and this is why I talked about how much I loved my festival. I was still working. The festival had just begun. I had a festival to run. I love it so much. And tr I truly put it above everything else maybe how uncomfortable I was, but I didn't clock it at the time. All I cared about was I, I need to make my beautiful festival be as beautiful as possible. Um, and I spoke to, again, Dr. Rachel Painter about this because I don't feel as if I was suppressing anything. I think a lot of people might say, oh, you weren't processing it or you were pushing things down. I didn't feel that I was doing that at all. And then she, I asked her to email me some things. And this is something she emailed me. And this is her quoting to me in the email. Rachel, if you're listening, I have given you permission to listen to this podcast. I love you. I just want to say that professionally. Okay. Again, this is Rachel. Um, another point that might be helpful is to talk about resilience. Resilience plays a major factor in the development of PTSD. Therefore, if a person is extremely resilient, they may not develop PTSD despite experiencing a trauma. So a person might not be suppressing things. They might just be very resilient and then don't develop the symptoms they expect to see after a trauma. So I do think that that's probably me. I've had, had a lot of childhood trauma. God, I'm so bra a lot of bragging going on on this podcast today. And so, you know, I I'm almost positive that's what was happening for me. And so now you've heard it from a mental health professional that that could have been what was going on. Um, so the following day, I told at least two coworkers about the incident. One of them I confirmed via text recently if she recalled the conversation that we had. And she said yes. Um, I have no doubt in my mind I made jokes about it. No doubt in my mind I was joking about it. Um, when I was able to speak with Billy, I asked him about the slap and he claimed he had no recollection of it and he apologized. And you know what? I accepted that apology. Um, and now here's the part. I'm going to take a small tangent. This part. Oh, I hate, I'm so bummed to have to share this, but it's okay. It's necessary. Um, so there's a couple of reasons why I didn't talk about why. Billy slapped me. One of them is because he apologized. And I do want to believe that if someone says something even that terrible and they apologize, it feels like they mean it. You know, again, me accepting a person's apology doesn't make the thing that they did any less bad. Still bad to be slapped when you weren't asked to be slapped, even if you choose to forgive them or they apologize, to be clear. But another reason why I didn't say anything is because... Um, in a previous relationship, I was uh, an abuser. And uh, without getting too into the weeds about that, I'll say that uh, I was dating someone off and on between 2013 and 2015. Um, and at that time in my life, I was living with undiagnosed borderline personality disorder, and my symptoms were at their absolute 
worse. Um, I felt feral. There were times in that relationship when I genuinely, I acted like an animal. Um, and I was not good. I was not good. Um, if you're interested in hearing this <laughs> story, I went on my friend John F. O'Donnell's podcast, I believe in April 2020. Um, and I spoke openly and candidly about that time. It's a two-parter because I love to chat. <laughs> um, and I kept the focus on me and my behavior. The only thing I regret about that podcast is I chose not to speak about my partner in any way and what they were like because I was worried that if I did that, it would look like I was making excuses for my behavior. But I do want to say there was a lot of psychological abuse from that person. Um, again, this is not me saying anyone deserved to be hit by me, but I wish I'd been a little more open about the full, all of my relationship, but, but anyway, so it's a two-parter. The podcast is called Take Your Pills Psycho, which is very funny. And I talk about um, what I was like then. And it was awful. It was awful. I, 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 there's stuff. I mean, I asked Rachel for some um, hopeful materials about borderline personality disorder, but it also, it applies to anybody at all. It's not just borderline. Um, it was not great, but um, I can say that, you know, I've worked very, very hard in therapy to change um, and be better. And while I still very much regret what I did in that relationship, and I am so sorry if you are listening to this, you know, I'm sorry. I know I, I do never expect you to accept my apology, but I will say it again. But what I no longer do is, um, oh, am I going to cry? No, she's not going to cry. She might cry. Uh, I no longer call myself a piece of shit. I no longer beat myself up. Um, I wish I had not said beat myself up just now, <laughs> considering what I'm saying. I just, I don't do that. I, I forgive myself uh, and I no longer have shame around it. Uh, it was still awful and terrible and I regret what I did, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to call myself a piece of shit for the rest of my life because I worked really, really hard in therapy. So that's what was happening. I, and I've had a, so many conversations with Rachel about how most recently about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, like, am I allowed to be angry about abusive behavior when I've done that? Am I allowed? I feel guilty and a little, still a little bit like a hypocrite. And again, the thing that really released me other than therapy was talking about it on the podcast and I tweet about it sometimes too. So that's that. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think that has been on everyone's mind a lot. You mentioned Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, and I think what infuriates people so much about those situations is the lack of accountability, right? It's the lack of people people's ability to say, I did this thing, it sucked, I'm sorry, I'm going to change. And that happens so rarely that I think people think that it can't happen right? It's like people can't change, they can't be reformed. But if we think everyone should just be in prison for the worst thing they did and have no capacity for change, then like we're kind of fucked, right? And you have been very open about this and taken accountability for the way you behaved when you didn't know better, when your brain was working against you. And it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't excuse it. But you've also said, yeah, it's fucked up. And like, I'm trying and I'm doing better and I'm taking responsibility. And that's like, that's the best any of us can do, right? Is to say, like, I'm, you know, I'm someone who's in recovery. A lot of people who are addicts do a lot of fucked up things. And to say that we're not redeemable when we try to do better, when we know better, 
I can't believe that, right? If we're willing to take accountability for our actions and to make amends and to not cause further harm, like we should all hope for that, you know? So thank you for sharing that part. I know it's difficult and I know the only trepidation I had on doing this on the podcast was I was just worried that people were going to attack you for that. And I wanted to protect you as my friend, but it's also not my job to do that. And also I'm in charge of the social media account. So if anyone says bullshit, guess what? I'm reading it, not her. I'm not going to tell her. So you can yell at me if you want to, but this is like what happens when real people are involved. We t- we've talked a lot about, you know, being a perfect victim and it's like that doesn't exist. Um, very rarely does that exist. And it doesn't mean that people get believed anyway. So it's like this is a real person. This is a real person with some messiness in their past. And it doesn't make this situation less valid. It doesn't make it less believable. And if you don't agree, then you can find someone else to listen to or not, I guess. <laughs> but that's, that's what I have to say. <laughs> I thank you. I love you. Um, and and again, if anyone says anything online, there is nothing you could ever say about me that I've not already said about myself. Trust me. Trust me. You can't hurt me more than I've than I've hurt me. Um, and I'm really good at insults. So you're, I love how I'm acting like I'm in- inviting people in. You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Come at no. That's not it. You know. Please don't. I again. I would urge you. And also, any survivors listening to this, I please know that I. I I don't, I would never expect anyone to just, if, if you are bothered by this, I completely understand. I am not here to do anything other than just share this little, share my experience and what I've learned. Uh, and um, yeah, that's it. Uh, so here we are. So that's that. So all of these things were just rolling around in my head. Um, but again, I really cared more about my, my festival than anything else really, because I hadn't done anything prior to that, that I was particularly proud of career wise. And it was really just like the greatest thing I'd ever done. Uh, so, uh, right. So the, the, the next, the next day, um, so that night I already said he apologized, right? I've already lost my train of thought. He apologized. I've accepted it. It's about to get even more complicated. I'm about to look even to some people like, ooh, <laughs> the night after the slap, uh, I had drinks with Billy and a couple other people from the festival and I got a little drunk. I got a little weepy. I asked Billy to come to my room because I was sad and we did some like light making out and such. No sex. Uh, again, I can do that. And we can still understand that a slap to the face without consent is very bad. Um, and he had apologized to me. And again, I'm a horny gal. I'm, and he was there. Uh, <laughs> boy, put that. That's my epitaph. I was a horny gal. <laughs> You're right there. Uh, so, you know, um, so between that time and the next death becomes us, which was in November of 2019, I kept in touch with Billy. I, I, I did not go back and I, I, I've since, I don't have any of our texts really anymore and I probably have emails. I haven't gone back to look at how often we talked or what those conversations looked like, but I'm sure they were friendly. And in fact, if memory serves, I would often joke about the slap. He would say something and I'd go, oh, that's like a slap to the face. And there'd be a lot of ha-ha-has about it because that's who I am. And 
at the, again, he had apologized. Now that changed because <laughs> the death becomes us. I had made another classic slap joke and he looked at me and said, oh, you don't remember you asked me to do that. You don't remember that? And oh boy, I don't know what happened to the guy who was apologizing, but he turned into a guy who wanted to gaslight me into believing that I had asked him to slap my face. And boy, that was a real bummer. Uh, and it made me really angry. Anger is one of my go-to emotions. Um, and boy, did I, the, the rage that I felt when I realized what he was trying to do was unprecedented. And just to repeat what you what you shared earlier, he claimed to not remember slapping you to begin with um, and apologized, I guess, if he had done that and not remembered and now was telling you he did in fact remember and that you had asked him to do that. That is also true. Uh, so, you know, Murder Squad was at Death Becomes Us in November 2019. And that's when that happened. And then, you know, then it was the holidays. And then, of course, we are coming into January 2020. And I went to Los Angeles because we were going to bring the festival there <laughs> that year. Oh, it's so crazy to talk about 2020 now uh, and the dreams of 2020. And even then, even after, even though I was angry at him, I, I went to Disneyland while I was at, <laughs> I shouldn't have, my, my coworker and I were like, should we go to Disneyland while we're on this work trip? And we did. And it was awesome. And I had shingles. I had shingles. This is a tangent. I had shingles. It was not bad. It was like one tiny spot. And I remember thinking on the plane to Los Angeles, this is the worst virus that'll <laughs> happen all year. Sorry, I did it. I, it's my fault. I brought it all um, by saying that. So anyway, and I and I called Billy, who is like a very publicly a big Disney person. I called him on the way to Disneyland. I called him on the way and said, what should I do here? You know, my ability to just compartmentalize is a breath of fresh, honestly. Uh, so, you know, I, maybe to him, I, everything was okay. But for me, I was still pretty angry. And then, of course, we all know what happened by March of 2020. And my company folded, more or less. The festival, of course, was done. And I was unemployed for 17 months. And anyone who listens to this podcast has been on that ride. So naturally, I wasn't thinking about that for 17 months. And in fact, I think I probably had one Zoom call with him over the um, pandemic. And I probably kept in touch with him because I thought to myself, well, maybe he might be able to help me find a job. Now, I never asked, but he never offered either. So fine. That's that. Um, and that's my story. We're going to move into the next part, a different story that I'm involved in though it's not something that happened directly to me guys i have an update i'm seeing some reactions on twitter and i don't like watching people who refer to themselves as victims advocates demand that victims tell their story on their timeline <laughs> yeah and to be clear to anyone listening uh jen is sharing this because she is involved in it indirectly and was asked to was basically pulled into it because of her experience. And so although this does involve another party, this is very relevant to Jen's story and brings us kind of up to speed with, um, you know, things that some of you already know, which is just that Murder Squad, not a podcast anymore. <laughs> no. And there's been a lot of speculation and there's been a lot of reasons why people can't share their story around that but um we're not affiliated with anyone 
just ourselves. <laughs> so Jenny and I are sovereign citizens. Just kidding. That's a, a that's a crazy thing. Um, although I did just recently learn about this, like uh, how you can somehow become your own island and only have laws like that. Maybe that's sovereign citizenship. I don't know. I'll look into it. It sounds really fun as someone who is a megalomaniac. So, um, so yeah, around, I want to say October of 2021, a, a, uh, I was informed by, um, someone that I know that there was an incident that happened with them. They are, they were an employee of exactly right. And I was informed of an incident that happened uh, with Billy, something that, uh, I'm going to, we're going to label it sexual harassment at the very least, possibly assault, depending on your definition. I don't know why the definition of assault is so fuzzy, but it always seems to be. I believe this person told me a, because I knew them and B because they were aware of the slap and probably felt that this was like a safe place for them to come. And I agree, I hope. So, you know, we, we talked about it a lot and, and, um, they reported this incident to higher ups and the higher ups investigated it. But during that time, they asked this person to continue to work with Billy, which is insane. <laughs> That's insane. Um, anyway, so again, we would keep in touch a, a lot. We talked a lot during this time, during this investigation and, um, I know for a fact that it was decided that he needed to be let go. And I want to say this occurred either at the end of December in 2021 or very early in January 2022. Um, the announcement was made recently. <laughs> but yeah, so um, so because of the way that the person was treated by Exactly Right, they decided to take legal action against the company. And I know this, A, because they told me, but also I was asked by this person's attorney to, I want to, I'm using the word testify, but I do not think that's the right word. I shared, yes, Jenny, I love this. I'm, you know what? We're going to keep this microphone thing because it is so funny. It's very polite because I just kind of raised my pen. I believe you gave a deposition is what yeah. you did. You were asked to tell your story, which is why this is relevant to your experience and also your state of mind around this. Because you were asked to recount what happened because it was relevant to sort of the case against this person. Um, and so you shared your experience and story in detail with the, uh, the party's attorney. And to be clear, this lawsuit was against Exactly Right. It was not against Billy. He was not named in this. It was their treatment of the situation that was being called into question. But I had to share my story with the attorney, which was a bummer. I, I realize I'm doing it right now, but I'm, it feels like I'm just doing it to Jenny. <laughs> uh, I'm not connecting the fact that strangers will be listening as well. Um, and so that happened. Um, and that's why I, I am aware of the lawsuit. And that's why I feel completely fine in discussing it. because I And my deposition was not used in the lawsuit, but I still shared this information with the attorney. Um, and I didn't have to sign anything, so I'm free as a bird to talk about whatever I want to talk about. And I can tell you right now that I believe this deposition was be given in the be uh, beginning of May. 
uh, and it was settled soon after. So there was a settlement. So there was one. I don't. I'm not on Reddit because it looks like the worst website that's ever been designed, and it's not just because it's filled with racist, homophobic, misogynist assholes. It literally looks like the first website that anyone has ever made. It's terrible looking. But people, one friend of mine has sent me some various screenshots, uh, mostly of people who, despite being Murder Squad fans, immediately tried to uh, out the victim and and defend Billy. Ah. You guys aren't victims advocates. As Jenny said, look inward. Uh, I'm going to say on top of that, you're a piece of shit if that's how you act. Uh, so one person on Reddit was like, I checked Pacer, which is where you can find legal matters. And I didn't see anything. Well, to you person and to anyone else who's asking, who's wondering how that works, uh, when something goes into mediation and is settled, there, there's no legal. It's not filed anywhere. It's handled privately between the attorney of the victim and the attorney of exactly right. So you can stop your little noodling around, citizen dick. It's not going to... Sorry, I sound angry because I'm angry, and I know that's an unattractive emotion on women, and I'm sure I'll be burned on at some stake when when we're done, but I'm very angry. So, uh, so that's that. That's what happened. That's all of it. Um, something that I... Like, something that really made me angry, and this is just... Uh, you know, it's just um, like Billy still went to CrimeCon, which I believe was either in April or May of this year. And he did it knowing that now two two possibilities here. He either did it knowing that he was just he was fired from his podcast for for sexual harassment or assault. Or um, he wasn't told by exactly right. And they decided to keep it a secret from him. And of course, from the world at large, definitely from the world at large, because they've said nothing about it. Um, so either of those scenarios, I'm not saying one or the other is true. Either he knew and still went to this place where there's a large amount of victims present or exactly right. Didn't tell him why they were firing him and they've chosen to remain silent so he could continue to do whatever he wanted to do in the world. I, b- both of those scenarios suck. Yeah, and to be clear, we don't know anything about the inner workings of Exactly Right or this, you know, the terms of this settlement. It's very possible that he's not legally allowed to say what happened at this stage. I don't know. He also has a book coming out very soon. Um, I can't imagine he would want this to be public information. Um, And the victim in this situation who worked with him has no obligation to reveal themselves or tell their story, whether they have a legal option to at this stage. I don't know. Um, we're not, again, we're not legal experts. We are our own island here, um, normally sharing Jennifer-related culture <laughs> on our whimsical podcast. <laughs> and unfortunately, one of our hosts was pulled into this mess and... You, you know, have shared with me that having to recount this to a stranger, to a lawyer, to be having this on your mind and not being able to talk about it publicly because not wanting to respect the, you know, rights of this person who was involved that you know and also not knowing how it was going to turn out was, it was very upsetting to you to have to go through that. It was. And again, I know it's not what people like to hear, but I was just very I rage doesn't begin to cover it that's how I responded with just anger and frustration that this person was continuing to exist in a space 
um, where there were so many victims (laughs) are 50% of true crime and all this person does is create more victims. That being said, um, if Billy's listening to this, and I know you are, uh, I just, I want to say that it, it, uh, part of the borderline story that, that you could use right now is that you, if you're not in therapy, you can find a therapist. And if you are in therapy, but you're not being fully transparent, I, I urge you to be transparent with your therapist. And I urge you to just accept responsibility because it is not only will it hopefully help you to be a better person, but you will just feel better because I have to imagine that you're doing some of these things because you're a person in pain. So what I want for you, William, is to please get help. And please don't do this anymore. Please, please, please. Um, Because if I can change, and again, if anyone, if you knew me, then you, I, again, feral animal. I was, anyone can, I believe, anyone can. Not Jeffrey Dahmer, but anyone else who also had borderline personality disorder. Great. It's me, Pete Davidson, and Jeffrey Dahmer. So um, that being said, I have a couple of helpful resources from Dr. Rachel Painter. Um... Uh, a couple of books here, two of them, Rage Becomes Her. <laughs> uh, and boy, the movie Death Becomes Her is really getting a lot of mileage on this podcast today. Okay, Rage Becomes Her and My Grandmother's Hands are good books. Uh, this is, again, I'm reading what Rachel sent me. The guy that wrote My Grandmother's Hands, and I'm going to get this person's name wrong. I'm sure of it. I'm so sorry. Resma Menachem, R-E-S-M-A-A. M-E-N-A-K-E-M also has a website and I believe it's uh, R-E-S-M-A-A dot com with free resources about trauma responses. He specializes in racial trauma, but it can apply to a wide range of traumas, says Rachel. Also, uh, there's uh, a link she gave me. It's www.culturalsomaticsinstitute.com backslash courses. Uh, and there are free training and talks about something called clean pain versus dirty pain. Uh, and he, it, he, uh, he also talks about how it shows up differently based on your race. But she says you can apply that to gender. Um, podcasts. She suggested something called breaking the borderline stigma. And again, borderline is really a form of trauma. So if you're someone who has trauma, you don't have to have borderline personality disorder to get something out of a podcast like that. Um Two other podcasts that I like to listen to, uh, The Mental Illness Happy Hour. Um, you can listen to John's podcast, Take Your Pill Psycho. He, he Every episode is about a different person suffering from a different um, super cool mental illness. And then uh, this is related to our podcast, Anxi- Anxiety Bites with Jen Kirkman. <laughs> so I managed to make it work for this podcast. And I can, there's a ton of other research on anger and trauma. I can probably try to slide these links into our transcript she gave me. I just, you know, my per, at the end of the day, what I really want is for, uh, I just, I want people to be better. And I know that it's a privilege that I have to be able to have access to mental health care. And I understand that fully. I found my therapist through something called openpath.org. I've talked about it before. There's a fee up top, but after that, you can find therapists all over the country who will operate on a sliding scale. That's how I found Rachel. Again, I know it's a privilege. So that's it. My that's that's all she all she wrote. Uh, Jenny, please, something else. <laughs> well, I do want to give you an update that I did text uh, my partner to order us our burrito oh bowls. My God. Um <laughs> 
because that was promised at the end of the episode. We would get some uh, gluten-free burrito bowls for the Jennifers. And um, and I just, I just want to thank you for sharing your story um, because I know it's complicated and it brings up a lot of trauma um, unrelated to this even. Um, and as you said, it's not about the reaction. It's about the act. And I also think what you said um, in addressing... Billy Jensen was very appropriate um, because we don't believe that people are irredeemable. We don't believe that people can't change. But we do think and we know that taking accountability for our actions is the first step. And this is someone whose I would say, fans are majority women. The true crime community is majority women who listen to it. He has benefited from the careers of women throughout the last several years. I think in order to make that okay, <laughs> it's about being accountable and not perpetuating those things going forward. Yes. You bet. If you want to do two quick palate cleanser stories, I'm springing this on you. But this is unrelated to everything. I tweeted about this a tiny bit, but... Um, two days ago, this has nothing to do with anything. We are exercising, not working out, exercising, exorcising. You know, this house is clear, Tangina style. Like, let's finish <laughs> off on something else. Tangina, who I've met once when I lived in LA. And uh, that is, a, I woke up the other day and I do live with my mom, everybody. What's up? 42. I don't like to brag. So many brags. And she said to me, um, I have this crazy story for you. A friend of mine was injured. I'm like, she was saying it with glee. So I was like, where's this going? She was, my friend of mine was injured not too long ago. She had this head injury and I, I, she had this plate put in it. But afterwards, she realized she could hug to spirits. And I was like, oh. so, I mean, listen, I love Tyler Henry. So I'm, I'm on board. I love psychics. And she's like, and she does all this like great healing work. And um, she's a shaman. And I'm thinking that the direction that this is going in, that my mom is going to go visit her friend. And then she goes, so I booked you a session with her. And I was like, I need, I looked at her and I said, but I have a therapist. I need the shaman. Now look, I'm going to see a shaman. That's, there's no doubt, ayahuasca or not, I'm seeing a shaman. But the thing that was so crazy to me was that she was like, it sounds like you're the one that needs the shaman. And I was like, me, why am I seeing the shaman? So this morning when I woke up, she goes, don't forget you're seeing the shaman on Monday. And I was like, she's re really needs me to see this shaman. So that is a tiny palate cleansing story. I can't wait till our next episode with my shaman update. I just want to update everyone that now the S in PTSD stands for shaman. <laughs> stands for see your shaman. Um, we're going to figure out that T eventually. I don't know. Tacos. We're getting talked from the taco place. So uh, podcast, tacos, podcast oh. downloads, taco shaman. <laughs> We've redefined. Um, well, yeah. Thank you, Jen, again, for sharing that story. And to anyone listening, um, you know, we want to hold space for the fact that people might be listening to this who are the survivors, of course, who might have difficulty hearing this account. Um, maybe you tuned out already. That's okay. Take care of yourself. You know, that's all we can do is take care of ourselves, work on ourselves, try to move forward. And um, we just want to thank you for being with us today. And uh, we'll get back to our regular shenanigans next time and I guess Jen 
We'll see you at the mall.